the audible of the best in Bitcoin. This is the Crypto Economy. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Crypto Economy. We have got another read from Bitcoin Magazine today, uh, and it is going to be a great one. Uh, it's all about how Bitcoin is actually the better foundation for Web 3.0, for the smart contracts, for um, everything that we supposedly need some alternative blockchain for. But before we dive into it, a huge thank you to Swan Bitcoin for supporting the Audible of the Bitcoin space, and for having such a clean and simple Bitcoin-only long-term savings plan. Uh, because I have been, I've said a million times on this show that I can't believe that this hasn't been a staple of the Bitcoin space, and that it took this long for someone to uh, so beautifully fill that role. You must check out swanbitcoin.com if you haven't yet. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into our Bitcoin Magazine read. This is by Munib Ali, and we've done a uh, piece by him on the show. I can't remember which one it was, but I'll uh, dig through and see if I can find it for the show notes. But this one is called The King of Blockchains. Bitcoin can become the foundation for Web 3.0. Bitcoin remains the undisputed king of blockchains. Bitcoin's dominance has increased significantly since the experimental times of 2017. Bitcoin has survived many attempted forks and civil wars and has established itself as the reserve cryptocurrency. People fall back to Bitcoin in bear markets. The production network has stood the test of time for over 10 years now. However, the crypto industry has dismissed Bitcoin when it comes to smart contracts or Web 3.0. I believe this is going to change. It's true that Bitcoin cannot do everything. Bitcoin is secure because it has a limited scripting language. Bitcoin is reliable and durable because it doesn't change. This does not mean that the developer ecosystem around Bitcoin cannot innovate and enable support for Web 3.0. As the crypto industry makes progress toward Web 3.0, will come to realize that it's hard to beat the security and network effects of Bitcoin. Despite several initiatives by potential competitors, the hash rate of the Bitcoin network and the security offered by its proof-of-work mining remain unparalleled to this day. For years, new cryptocurrencies have attempted to launch their own native proof-of-work networks. None has approached Bitcoin's success. Bitcoin has network effects. Most people are introduced to cryptocurrencies through Bitcoin. If something can be done on top of Bitcoin, it will eventually get done on top of Bitcoin, rather than a smaller ecosystem. Network effects make Bitcoin's success self-reinforcing. Miners see that the network is established, that the community is strong, and that the currency is the hardest money in the crypto space. Miners join or expand their commitment, increasing hash power and network reliability. Their entry inspires still more holders and businesses, increasing community support. The cycle goes on. Smart Contracts on Bitcoin 
Despite the success of Bitcoin critics, who question Bitcoin's capacity for innovation have some valid points. There are aspects of Bitcoin that frustrate developers who wish to explore the world of smart contracts and decentralized apps. Many projects have created their own blockchains because they perceive Bitcoin's scripting limitations as a deal-breaker. They cannot deny the original chain's security, but they also wish they could write more expressive smart contracts. New blockchains find themselves struggling with poor, native proof-of-work security and often attempt jumps to proof-of-stake or delegated proof-of-stake setups, which may be less secure and tend toward centralization. As a result, several crypto projects have concluded that they must pick their poison. They must either attempt to bootstrap a native proof-of-work chain or else establish a proof-of-stake chain, with all of the trade-offs that entails. But these are not the only options. There is a different path available. Smart contract platforms can employ Bitcoin's proof-of-work security to safeguard new blockchains. New protocols can anchor to the security of Bitcoin and extend Bitcoin's utility. Transactions that settle on Bitcoin are harder to reorganize than they are on any other network. This is an underexplored design space but one which is beginning to change. The Bitcoin blockchain already has security derived from its energy expenditure, and this security may be passed on to the interconnected chain by using concepts like proof of transfer. It's important to recognize that interconnected chains differ from traditional side chains. Interconnected chains create their own crypto assets, but they utilize the Bitcoin chain for broadcasting mining operations and consensus steps. An interconnected chain anchored to Bitcoin is a win-win proposition for all parties as the new blockchain benefits from the reliability and longevity of Bitcoin, while providing freedom and flexibility to developers working with the interconnected chain. The Bitcoin blockchain can also reap benefits, acquiring new and powerful use cases. These can attract new miners and new network participants, further solidifying Bitcoin's place as the reserve cryptocurrency. Smart contract platforms, and I include my own project Blockstack in this, understand how powerful on-chain contracts can be. But just as you don't need to build all new roads to drive new cars, there's no need to reinvent proof-of-work or proof-of-stake chains to employ robust smart contracts or to launch new blockchains. The solid foundation we need to realize our vision for Web 3.0 is already here. A future Web 3.0 can anchor on Bitcoin. All right, that was a short but really good piece, and I think it's going to spark a lot of discussion um, or at least a rant on my part, <laughs> because there's uh, uh, just this idea about Web 3.0. I think there's so many different considerations as to A, what the value case for it is, B, whether the value is a derivative of the asset or if the value is why the asset is valuable. Um, uh, and uh, as far as the contracts and these tokens and stuff, like is it you know, a whole chicken or egg problem? Um, and I really want to dig into this and talk a lot about these concepts and the trade-offs and why I think Bitcoin is actually going to be, I agree with Munib in this one, 
that it's going to be the Web 3.0 platform. Um, if you if you even like the Web 3.0 term, I'm I'm a little iffy on it. Um, I think it's just uh, uh, I like the Internet of Money uh, better. Web 3.0 sounds cheap to me, um, but I think in, the, in in our minds it's the the roughly the same thing. But before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about Swan Bitcoin. It is incredible how difficult it is to set up a simple recurring savings plan in the Bitcoin space, uh, particularly doing it without having to go to someplace like Coinbase, which is going to put like 20 other shitcoins in your face and try to get you to start gambling on the decentralized versions of A, B, C through X. Not to mention they're going to charge you way higher fees. SwanBitcoin.com is literally the exact opposite of this. It is an auto-buy every week, every paycheck, every month, whatever you want to set up, way to get into to dollar cost average into Bitcoin that is Bitcoin only. It doesn't bother you with anything else. It doesn't try to get you to invest in a billion different tokens. It doesn't care what the price is this afternoon versus this morning. It is a stable, long-term, low-cost approach to always be adding to your Bitcoin savings plan. And they even have auto withdrawal, so you automatically get them to your keys. They don't want to hold your Bitcoin. They just want to make it as easy as possible to automatically increase your Bitcoin holdings and withdraw it to your cold storage. If you're still using some other service and you haven't set up a Swan Bitcoin savings plan, you gotta get on it. SwanBitcoin.com Also, I want to make a quick announcement. Inventing Bitcoin by Jan Pritzker, and Jan is actually on the Swan Bitcoin team, um, and the book is amazing. It's so good. But after months and months of getting through the ACX like setup and submission process, uh, we have finally got it um, confirmed, and it is online. It is on Audible. Um, I will have the link in the show notes um, so you can check it out. But if you have not read or uh, well, now, obviously, you haven't listened to it because it just came out. Um, but if you have not read Inventing Bitcoin, uh, highly, highly recommended. And I did the audiobook for it, and it was just phenomenal. So uh, I'll have the link in the show notes to that so you can check it out. So let's dig into how Bitcoin could be the foundation for Web 3.0. So the first thing I wanted to point out is that it's kind of funny that Bitcoin kind of is the foundation for all of them right now. It's the monetary foundation uh, because um, it is unequivocally the reserve asset of the crypto space. If things are going poorly, people are rushing to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the safe haven of everything crypto. And the subset of people who hold altcoins and do not also hold Bitcoin, I know people who hate Bitcoin who rail against it day in and day out, who have openly admitted that most of their portfolio is Bitcoin. There is no network effect quite as powerful as an asset that remains independent and secure enough that even those who hate it and think that it has gone completely down the wrong path still know that it is the coin to hold when things are uncertain. But, uh, but by kind of playing that role in the system, uh, you almost have a uh, pseudo-interconnected uh, blockchain system where the value is withdrawn or deposited into the Bitcoin system 
and then withdrawn from that in order to execute said smart contract or use said app, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I do, I kind of fundamentally disagree with a lot of the, just the nature of thinking that a new token is going to be bootstrapped. Uh, um, in fact, I was talking with Brecky. Uh, Brecky brought this up in a conversation we had recently um, with a, a number of people from Swan Bitcoin. And he shared something that I, I have always agreed with as well, that the token, no matter what you intend for it to be, no matter what um, perceived utility this token is going to have, it cannot escape from having to compete with Bitcoin as money. There isn't, there isn't a way to independently make it a token just for this. If it's going to be the token for that, then its value is still subject to the fact that someone can write a piece of software that does this with Bitcoin, even off-chain, or on a side-chain, or on an interconnected chain, whatever you want to call it, um, and do this with Bitcoin value. That you can do that smart contract, or that platform, or that app, whatever it is, with a, a more secure money. And I've, I've said this over and over again, the utility of the the payment system, the utility of the app or the smart contract, whatever it is, is not what makes the coin, is not what gives the coin value. The token isn't valuable because you can make a payment system with it. The payment system has value because the money has value. I can make a payment system in dollars, I can make a payment system in gold, I can make a payment system in little baggies of dirt, and I can make a payment system in seashells. These will not have the same value, and the value of dirt and seashells will not change because I've made a payment system with it, because I've made it that you can do 100,000 transactions per second with little bags of dirt. That is not going to prop up the value of the dirt. Same with smart contracts. The value has to be there for the smart contract to be worth anything. And therein lies where most people completely fail to see what the value proposition is. But even beside that, let's say, let's, let's, let's ignore that for a second and go back to these like smart contract platforms and uh, altcoins and all this good stuff. If their value is in fact in what they can do and in the number of contracts that, that can be written on them and the number of transactions they can do and that this is like some sort of merchant and retail retail payments phenomenon or revolution, why haven't any of them been adopted for it? Why, why is Bitcoin still the one with the most transactions if it's the one that can't fulfill that one goal? I mean, I mean literally, we supposedly have systems now. I, I hear the claim literally endlessly. It's constantly brought up in my Twitter threads. I see it spat like sprinkled into every conversation like it's shocking how many times i hear that someone has got a, a blockchain that can do more transactions than visa and can scale infinitely and globally with no trade-offs whatsoever why why then that that's a that's a breakthrough is it not why is no one adopting it why hasn't even one of these led to millions and millions of users for the simple use of payments. I'm simply not convinced that there's a value proposition there that anybody wants or cares. I think the biggest limitation 
Um, aside from the fact that I'm, I'm taking for granted here for my, uh, the points I'm making that the blockchain can actually scale to hundreds of millions of transactions per second, which I think is nonsense. Um, but aside from that, let's, let's give them that. Okay. Well, why, why then hasn't, been a, is, hasn't it been adopted? Why then hasn't, like, after years, like, no one's using that, no one's using any of it for that. And I think with like our current financial times, like the, the crazy, actually this gets back to the point that um, I got into yesterday's episode with This Is Not Capitalism. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, God, you got to. It's so good. Um, it's by Sasha Myers and Alan Farrington. Um, and it just talks about the, the incredible amount of financialization and paper assets, and how the financial system is essentially, the, the mechanism itself is intended to be a better way to allocate capital, a more efficient way to get, um, to exchange ownership of large amounts of capital. And we're finding out that it's actually a form of control, that it's actually a form of being scammed out of the value, and that these paper and tokenized systems are in fact not representative whatsoever of anything that's happening in real life. Um, and, you know, even Pomp talks about how the tokenization of everything is coming and that this is going to be huge. I'm not so certain. I, I think we're going to go back the other way. I think financialization is going to be seen as cheap and unreliable. Um, and any sort of centralized token is going to... People are going to be wary of it. People want deliverables. People want... Like, like, I think we're going to see a huge shift toward frugal living, towards more savings, towards much, much less leverage. And that's despite the fact that the government is trying everything they can to reinflate this thing. Don't think it's possible. I think this will, I think whole generations out of this will uh, have an entirely different idea of risk, of the level of volatility that... Um, is realistic in the stock markets, the amount of risk that actually is there. People will not want to save in it. Uh, they will go back to gold. They will discover Bitcoin. They will go back to real assets. It, it just won't. I mean, even paper gold. Like, it, it's becoming obvious that all of these things are lies. That there's just massive amounts of promises that never could be fulfilled. I think the tokenization is... I think the, that future looks bleak, to be perfectly honest. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see it. It looks like, like the environment seems like it's doing the exact opposite. It's showing how weak and vulnerable the tokenization of everything was. I, I think we've run the, a huge hype cycle in... A, we, we ran one in 2017 for just the tokenization of any stupid thing that you could possibly think of. And I think that was kind of the end game of the financialization and tokenization of the economy, which has happened since the 80s, the 30, 40 years of imbalance that we have seen in trying to leverage our leverage over our mortgages, over the actual physical good, the actual capital that existed in the economy. And that this thing won't be reinflated. So I have a hard time thinking that there really is all of that value there anyway, because it, I think it's dependent on a bubble that's burst. I think, you know, I think people are going to want assurances. I think people are going to want something that feels real. People are going to realize that it's about protecting wealth, not 
uh, becoming increasingly fragile and trying to grow as fast as humanly possible at the risk of everything collapsing the first second a gust of wind comes along. So uh, I'm a little bit off track here. Let me take this back to the whole Web 3.0 idea. I just don't think, and I don't have anything against Blockstack here. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on Muneeb here. I love the article, and he's got a great point. And I think the only thing, uh, like, the reason I think there actually, there is potential for a system like that is simply because um, it is leveraging the Bitcoin blockchain. And then there's systems like Veriblock that are taking a bunch of other um, a bunch of other much, much weaker and less secure blockchains and stamping them into the Bitcoin blockchain as the ultimate source of truth as to the, the history. It's, it's telling time in these systems, the chronological order. Um, and that's one of the profounds that like that's Bitcoin is the time chain. I'm going to stop. I've got to stop using blockchain. It's so hard to break that habit, but it is about a time chain. It's about creating an inability to reverse time and to independently come, come to consensus individually without trusting anyone at all but your software and your hardware, any, all of the normal uh, things you have to trust just to operate in the digital sphere, but that you can independently come to consensus on what the truth is, what the state of the entire global financial system is, which I think that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a strong unbreakable foundation for a new financial system. And I think the best chance for providing these sorts of services and smart contracts and stuff are in side chains, are in interconnected blockchains. But I think they have an uphill battle in creating their own token. Again, like I said earlier, I think the token itself is the biggest hurdle. Um, that, that's the one thing is that if the system has to use this other token, has to adopt this other token and this other software and these new clients and this, that, and the other, you're just, it's just creating a bigger barrier, a larger set of risks and uncertainty, uh, for something that is just software. I think the battle of a decentralized currency is already such an uphill battle. Um, that to think people will first adopt Bitcoin and then this other token system, I, I personally think it's a stretch. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, shitting on it. I, I hope they try, you know, despite the fact that I do have a pretty strong disagreement with it. I want to see whether it works. You know, I, like I, I want someone to test it out, particularly someone who has more conviction about it than I do. <laughs> but you know, another point is I got to admit, I, I'm not, I don't even see the huge value in executing smart contracts on chain per se. Um, I think there are, um, there are cases where you want something publicly verifiable. Um, and, but I think that is a, a, a minimal use case in, in that context. I think it's far better for those contracts and, uh, those agreements to be private, but that the value, the value is locked to the agreement. That does not mean that you have to execute it on chain. That means that if you have private information that must execute a certain way, that the value is locked to the hash of that output so that it cannot be cheated. And that can be done entirely without, um, just simply by uh, a tethering to 
a Bitcoin script and locking it to the hash. I truly believe that almost any smart contract um, platform or agreement can really be built on top of Bitcoin in the one way that it needs to be. Bitcoin is a value layer. Bitcoin is the ownership layer. It is the settlement for who really owns what. It doesn't need to execute the software. It just needs to be that if the software was executed properly or, uh, or not, that that is the difference between whether or not the value was unlockable, which can already be done. I won't even get into Lightning Network, which has been phenomenal. So, so many people have such a uh, such an ignorant idea of what Lightning Network is right now. I'm using Sphinx. I mean, Grant, I'm in the beta right now, so I got a head start on that one. Um, but it's an amazing chat app, and if that thing scales uh, with the Lightning Network network infrastructure, and it can actually utilize the Gossip Network to exchange permissions um, for all of this encrypted inf information, this is going to be crazy, man. Uh, it's an awesome app, um, and I really want to dig into how it does everything that it does, um, because this is one of the things that I've really been wanting with the Lightning Network since the beginning. But Lightning Network has way, way more functionality, has way more uh, uh, mobility, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? A far more expansive set of possibilities. Um, like, you can essentially, there, there's no real cap on what you can do on the layer two. Uh, a Lightning Network, I mean, e even the Lightning Network itself has colored coins and tokens and stuff like that that you can issue. Uh, you can issue tokens and stuff on, um, uh, on the sidechain Liquid or whatever, which Blockstream owns that. I, I don't, I'm not so much about that, but obviously you can use colored coins. You can use uh, a rootstock. You can create all of these tokens on top of Bitcoin. You can do a ton of things, almost anything, really, if you, you have to set up the foundation a little bit differently because it's locking to the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, whether or not it's an interconnected blockchain or a sidechain. Obviously, they either, both of them have uh, a set of trade-offs there. Um, but regardless, even if you just had an interconnected blockchain, it's going to be way more secure and capable by using the Bitcoin chain, by actually uh, tethering to it. And they get the benefit of not having to rebuild their own security infrastructure, to not start from scratch. It's the it's the essence of building your own crypto to make a new app. And the one rule, the rule that you always hear if you've ever been in the crypto, like the actual cryptography space, is to never try to build your own algorithm. Like use the ones that are trusted, that are there, and that have had the Lindy effect, that have survived the longest. The surest way to destroy the trust and security of your system is to think that you're going to invent a new cryptography that is better than the old. That's what I think a lot of these blockchains and altcoins and stuff are actually doing. The equivalent of um, is that like, we have an unbelievably good consensus mechanism. We have an unbelievably secure, irreversible network that can't be matched by any of these, and they're trying to bootstrap a new one for no reason. Well, that's not true. They're, they make an enormous amount of money by selling a token that costs them nothing to make. So, you know, you print a billion tokens out of thin air and you sell them all for a dollar, you're a billionaire and you didn't do anything. Hence why the crypto space, not cryptography, but the cryptocurrency space is full of so many scams and charlatans.
you know, I think the only reason that it hasn't happened on Bitcoin, um, that uh, they haven't created these token platforms and stuff is because there's no, there's no reason they can't sell it to Bitcoiners. The market isn't there. The market for all of these things is like 90% uh, speculation. Barely a fraction of it is even using any of these things. Certainly not for retail payments. Not one. I mean, if anybody can show me otherwise, show it to me. You know? Like, I'd be curious. I, don't, I certainly don't pretend to know anything really. Uh, certainly not very knowledgeable about any of these altcoins. Uh, after I went through this period, uh, particularly like right towards the beginning of the show, or I even thought I was going to read like a bunch of white papers just to explore all of these things. And so many I dug into. Um, granted, it takes hours and days just to dig into one. Um, but I started joining all these communities like back in 2017 and like reading and talking with the developers. And so many were the same story over and over. Blind claims, developers hating having having conversations like i would specifically go seek out and like get in like these dev groups and then ask them like you know what happens in this situation like what's the the security here why did it need its own token what's the inflation schedule i mean you know i would go through and just ask what i thought were the basic questions of like how is this thing going to stand up in adversarial environments um why did you create your own token rather than uh, tethering it to something that's got a much bigger foundation. What's the benefit of redoing all this, all these bootstrapping and stuff? I thought these were basic questions. Like, I, and I wasn't like going in and being all like, like an asshat about this. Like, it's like, oh, you know, why is your stupid project use its own token? I was genuinely curious, and people would get mad. Developers would attack me. Like. Like, they hated answering these questions, or they would refer me to the white papers, like, read the white paper, dummy, and I'd be like, wait, what? Like, you're the quote-unquote leaders of this project, you know? Like, <laughs> like how are you supposed... Uh, God, I don't know. Um, so, it's, very quickly, I realized what an astonishing waste of time uh, that was going to be. So, it, there's a long way of saying, I don't know anything about any of these projects anymore, because... I don't know how to, I wouldn't even begin to know how to filter through all the crap to find anything that was worth, a, worth something. So, you know, if there was something that did have 10 million users and was adopted by a bunch of uh, retail uh, uh, people and, you know, had some giant other ecosystem, I could easily see how it would go completely under the radar and I wouldn't know. Um, and, you know, I don't want to leave it out of the realm of possibility that that, that could be. I highly doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. Um, and again, um, I think a lot of the core assumptions and decisions are why these some of these that may actually have some sort of value or providing some sort of utility can't get off the ground is because they're using their own token, is because some of those fundamental decisions are misaligned with actually having success in that way i absolutely loved um matt vanali's article uh, that i worked in crypto for two years and didn't like what i saw uh, article just talking about how i mean somebody who full-time was in this space and uh came to the same conclusion it's like all i can think is like thank god i didn't waste any more of my time 
But even he couldn't see where there was real value being created. There were these real services that were desirable um, outside of just the, I have a token that's going to, this way better than your token and you should buy it because it's going to, it's going to go up. But increasingly, I think the, it, the reason I kind of bring this whole thing up and that I really liked uh, this article and wanted to cover it on the show is just the idea of Web 3.0, of the Internet of Money. And I think, you know, if something is going to be worth trillions of dollars, it's going to be worth tens of trillions of dollars. If it's going to move that amount of value, it's going to save and secure that amount of value. Well, then it needs to be able to stand up to trillion-dollar attacks and trillion-dollar problems. Otherwise, it genuinely cannot do anything with that amount of value. And that goes a hundredfold for a decentralized system, one that anybody can join and participate in. So if Web 3.0 is going to be trillions of dollars in value, Where's the rock-solid foundation that proves that a, you know, a billion-dollar mistake, a trillion-dollar mistake is insanely unlikely? That a trillion-dollar transaction that someone else disagrees with won't be reversed, won't be put back in that original person's wallet? Is that Ethereum? Is that the DAO? Web 3.0 is going to be about a web of trust. It's going to be about trust-minimized interaction, enabling certain agreements and contracts and economies that were not possible before. A really good piece on this one that I'll also throw into the show notes, i got to make sure I write both of these down, otherwise I'm going to forget it, um, is The Dawn of Trustworthy Computing by uh, uh, Nick Zabo. And I think this was... When was this even written? I'm pretty sure... Okay, no, it was after Bitcoin. I wondered if that one was actually written before Bitcoin, but this was uh, back in 2014. But that's the thing is that I think fundamentally, none of these contracts... It's, it's like the value of an insurance contract where you don't even know if the insurance company is going to be around when the shit hits the fan. It's like you can have the most feature-rich, best promises... Uh, smart contract insurance policy. Like you, you could have the best looking insurance policy ever, but if the insurance company can't fulfill their end of it, it's not worth anything. And with that, you need to, to create the dawn of trustworthy computing to, um, to actually build out an alternative economy, a parallel economy that actually works on the foundations of cryptography on contracts that cannot be revoked by anybody in the world, it necessarily has to have the strongest possible foundation. And like Muneev, Muneev says, the lack of script uh, uh, functionality, the lack of breadth of what you can do in a Bitcoin script and with Bitcoin ownership is a form of security. That is how you know it's secure, is how simple it is to prove all possible outcomes and know that none of them will destroy the money, none of them will revoke the contract in an unexpected way, and nothing will have an out output that 
no one could see coming ahead of time. Otherwise, it immediately undermines any value that the contract actually has. I think even if we do have altcoins, uh, tokenization, you know, whatever it is, which I increasingly find less and less likely, I, fi I find the environment even more skeptical of it than it was a couple of years ago, um, and increasingly moving that direction. But even if it did, I think the only ones that would stand a chance would be the ones tethered to the Bitcoin chain. Um, but I think the, uh, the idea of tokenizing things in the real world is inherently centralized. There's no way to connect it to something in the physical world um, other, than, other than energy, just, just blanket energy. I think proof of work is the best and only real example we have of a reliable, independent, no one can control it tether to something in the physical world, to a physical limitation. Otherwise, it's just some third party putting tokens on a platform. Like, why, why not just make a numbers spreadsheet? You are trusting them to redeem the thing, whatever it is. And again, you know, I don't, I don't buy the whole utility token philosophy. I think, I think that's a chicken and egg problem. Regardless, I think, uh, I think Manib uh, brought up some really good points as to why um, uh, Bitcoin is the proper foundation, as well as hit a couple of the details and key aspects that actually make it as broadly applicable as almost any of these other platforms like there is the illusion that you can't do this stuff with bitcoin and it's simply not true um you can do it with a proof of stake a delegated proof of stake sidechain that uses bitcoin that stakes bitcoin and is way more secure than eos like easily i think you could make the entirety of the eos chain and make it a side chain onto Bitcoin. You can do it with a, a larger federation than uh, what EOS has. And uh, you can have all the functionality of EOS. I just think the thing is, is that they can't sell it to Bitcoiners. They can only sell it to people who are speculating on some new garbage token. So I think that's the only reason it hasn't happened. I mean, technically, Liquid is that. You can create a whole bunch of tokens and, you know, all that stuff, and it's a federated sidechain. And honestly, I don't see people making a whole bunch of tokens on it. The only thing that I've seen recently was a Canadian dollar stablecoin, which, which is funny. Those are the only, quote-unquote, altcoins that I think they're completely centralized because they're, they're redeemable only to a certain institution. Um, but I think they're the only ones that have any real value because... They actually make a way to pay uh, an alternative payments rail to the federal, the federal highly controlled, highly um, surveilled system um, to move dollars around the globe. Uh, but again, those are valuable because they move dollars. The dollar is not valuable because it now has a stable coin. So anyway, I've ranted long enough about this. Um, but I really did uh, like this article, and you know, I hope I didn't. Uh, I don't want to crap on Blockstack too much because, like, you know, I'm I'm on board with the philosophy and like what they're trying to build, even though I may personally disagree with how it's being done. And honestly, they're one of the few that I would give uh, uh, leeway toward because I don't think they have a token because uh, they're trying to become billionaires. I genuinely think. Uh, they're one of the few projects that I looked into in the past that's actually trying to build something, whether or not I think it's going to be successful in 
accomplishing the adoption that I think is the meaningful adoption that I think uh, a system like that should have. But I genuinely think they are actually just trying to decentralize things and that this is a potential mechanism for that. But again, really love the article um, and makes a great point of how uh, even that system as being tethered to the Bitcoin system has all the security and irreversibility of Bitcoin if they're using it as the final settlement for their chronology of transactions as their time chain for what the the current um, set of block stack truth is um, that consensus uh, that's a powerful thing that's the you know that makes it a, a, a more secure token and a more set of a more secure set of transactions than anything else in crypto and any of these chains can do this in fact many many of them are uh, I'm not even sure how many veriblock Veriblock is a chain that is doing that. It is tethering all of these other chains to the Bitcoin chain to use as a source of truth in the history of those chains. So why would they have miners? Why would they have stakers? It genuinely only lowers the security they could get. And I do think there's like a hundred other reasons uh, for those considerations and for that to align uh, like uh, suggested in this article. But, you know, too much for one episode. So I just kind of hit my main points here. A huge thank you to Manib for uh, writing this article. And of course, Bitcoin Magazine as well for keeping me thoroughly entertained and always uh, informed and thinking about everything around Bitcoin. Uh, they've really been killing it recently. Um, and I'm having a hard time picking which ones I actually want to read on the show because I know I just can't get to all of them. So definitely check out bitcoinmagazine.com and I hope you guys are excited about the 21 hour live stream on bitcoinhaving.com uh, their uh, Bitcoin magazine is hosting a huge live stream with tons of people they've got like um, uh, Stefan Levera, Marty Bent, uh, uh, Aaron Van Veerdum, a bunch of people like there's a, there's a whole list you can actually I'll put it in the show notes so you can check it out um, so I hope you guys are excited about that as I am. Uh, highly recommend uh, we all get together and have some drinks on the having day and watch a full day live stream of the Bitcoin having. Thanks to everybody who supports this show. Thank you to everyone who subscribes. I try to bring all of the best stuff in Bitcoin to you um, to make it more convenient for you to listen to and so that we can Try to stay up to date on this crazy, uh, fast-moving environment. And I, I think, you know, it's a bit our obligation. You know, like, like we have two possible futures and the, the dystopic surveillance state control future is looking worse and worse by the day. Um, and it's becoming closer and closer a reality. And I think it's just impo it's so important that, that we push just as hard on our side of things to have the future that gives us our privacy back and, and that we learn these tools and that we, we keep up to date on these things and we actually realize these in our lives, that we start our Bitcoin savings plan at Swan Bitcoin, you know, that, that we put our money where our mouth is and we invest in the future we actually want, not the one that someone is trying to shove down our throats. Like, I, do, I won't participate. Like, I will exit if there is a way to exit, and I think Bitcoin is our solution to that. 
um, in a thousand different ways, even to support Web 3.0, um, uh, just like this article breaks down. So um, thank you to everybody who supports the show. Please subscribe, share it out with everybody you know in the Bitcoin space. It's a really easy and almost costless way. It only takes a couple of seconds to subscribe to the show and share this out with somebody in the Bitcoin space. Um, and uh, it, it, makes, it makes a huge difference. Uh, thank you so much. I will catch you all tomorrow with another episode. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming this week, and I've gotten riled up with a couple of conversations on Twitter. Very, very soon, we are going to have Anatomy of the State by Murray Rothbard. So get ready, guys. This is going to be a hell of an anarchist rabbit hole to go down. And if you've never heard it, and you know, you've been on the fence about libertarianism or anarchy and it turns you off. I'll try to be as uh, nice as I can in breaking down my view of it and the logic that led me to uh, essentially that way of thinking. So, uh, hopefully, oh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. So, uh, stay tuned, subscribe. This is the crypto economy. I'm Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. Thank you all for joining me. And until next time, take it easy, guys.